welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. So previously, Esther has pleaded for the life of her people, for the king to save her people. And the king suggests that Mordecai sends out another document, but he gives him the signet ring. So it's going to be a big deal document. Mm -hmm. It's the edict that we've been talking about all along. Mm -hmm. Well, now the day of reckoning has come. So how, how do things play out? That's what we're going to look at today. Yeah. So it's been about nine months Mm -hmm. from our math. Yeah. It's about nine months. Which is Old Testament biblical math, but yeah, right. We're, right. we're right about nine months. Yeah. So time has come, and we know that lots of people have converted to Judaism um, for whatever reason. And so now, here we are. Here we are. The Jews mm-hmm. have armed themselves mm-hmm. to protect mm-hmm. themselves. And this is the day, remember, that Haman identified. Yep. The That's 13th right. day of the 12th month. Mm-hmm. When he threw, cast the lots. Right. When he threw the poor. Mm-hmm. Right, the poor, which, yeah. And, um, yeah. It actually, right, if it was in our calendar, it would be probably around February, March. Hmm. This one, this okay. would happen according to the Jewish calendar. So, okay. Right. Okay. So I'm going to read Esther uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 19 out of the NIV. <clears throat> On the 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all other nations because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace. His reputation spread throughout the provinces, and he became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased with those who hated them. In the citadel of Susa, the Jews killed and destroyed 500 men. They also killed Parshandantha, Delphon, Aspatha, Paratha, Adaliah, Eridatha, Parmashta, Erisai, Eridai, and Vazatha the ten sons of Haman, sons of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they did not lay their hands on the plunder. The number of those killed in the citadel of Susa was reported to the king that same day. The king said to Queen Esther, The Jews have killed and destroyed 500 men and the ten sons of Haman in the citadel of Susa. What have they done to the rest of the king's provinces? Now, what is your petition? It will be given to you. What is your request? It also will be granted. If it pleases the king, Esther answered, give the Jews in Susa permission to carry out this day's edict tomorrow also, and let Haman's ten sons be impaled on poles. So the king commanded that this be done. An edict was issued in Susa, and they impaled the ten sons of Haman. 
The Jews in Susa came together on the 14th day of the month of Adar, and they put to death in Susa 300 men, but they did not lay their hands on the plunder. Meanwhile, the remainder of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also assembled to protect themselves and get relief from their enemies. They killed 75,000 of them, but did not lay their hands on the plunder. This happened on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th they rested and made it a day of feasting and joy. The Jews in Susa, however, had assembled on the 13th and 14th, and then on the 15th they rested and made it the day of feasting and joy. That is why rural Jews, those living in villages, observe the 14th of the month of Adar as a day of joy and feasting, a day for giving presents to each other. That's a lot. That's a lot. It sure is. And Terry, I have to apologize. I didn't mean to smack you in the face with your microphone. <laughs> oh, kind, of, kind of shocked me and threw me for a little bit. No, there. like I went to just tap it a Boom. teeny little bit, and the whole thing went whomp. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> if you uh, heard a funny noise there, that's because I smacked Terry in the face with her own microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and you should have seen her jump. Yes. <laughs> so oh, anyway... Well, that is a lot of heavy in two days, Mm -hmm. really, is what that all is. Two days. Yeah. It's interesting to me that everybody was allowed to defend themselves for the first day, but only the Jews in Susa were allowed to continue into day two. I wondered why. Was there more opposition against the Jews in the city? Um, than there might have been in the countryside. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. In the mean? city, they're all, you know, jammed, kind of jammed in together. together, and so I think maybe um, there's more opportunity for the enemies mm-hmm. to attack the Jews. Okay. Mm. I thought of it as um, because I do think that there was more hatred of the Jews in the city. In the city. Because when you live in the country and you're in a rural area, you have to depend on the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. No matter what, mm-hmm. no matter if you believe Friend the same foe. thing, right? Yeah. You have to depend on those people that are around you because if your barn is on fire, you can't call the fire department and have them run right out to you mm-hmm. because you're out on your own. So those rural communities are a much tighter knit. Community, which you'll find even now, um, is that you depend on those. So maybe it was not quite as much um, hatred because they took time to get to know each other, and or at least they didn't have enough relationship to form a hatred. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the city, you're right on top of each other. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, division, and you have to remember Haman was in the city, and Mm -hmm. Haman was stirring things up Mm -hmm. big time, Mm -hmm. and his sons were also there, 10 sons, were all close enough that they could be hung, strung up together, Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my take on it. Yeah, Yeah, and how Esther asked the king if it pleases the king. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it sounds like so subtle. Um. So sweet, so respectful. Can we kill some more people here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was kind of weird counting putting that together, but mm-hmm. she was right. The job wasn't finished. If they had stopped at 500, so the second day, 300 more were killed. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty more than big half. percentage, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. And so the job definitely was not finished. Mm-hmm. 
And it's, it just struck me how important it is to finish a job. Mm-hmm. It's like we've had all these skirmishes you know, throughout our history, and it's like when the war isn't won, yeah. there are still problems. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it's like sometimes you have to win that war. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how they got to this position in the first place, was because Haman's people had been at war with the Jewish people years ago, mm-hmm. and almost had finished out the Jewish nation, mm-hmm. but didn't. Right, And so then that hatred was able to burn mm-hmm. and grow and be passed down systematically. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they ended up here. And obviously we know that the Jewish nation was never going to go anywhere because they're God's appointed people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had been successful in finishing that job however many generations before, they wouldn't have been in this situation. That's true. Yeah, and it wasn't uncommon to take the sons. So Haman's 10 sons were killed. That that was so common back then mm-hmm. um, to prevent exactly what you're talking about, this coming back or this seed the seed mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what we were even talking about, but Rosemary mentioned the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think about Inigo Montoya. You yes. killed my father. Prepare yes. to die. Prepare. You know, right. he's... My name is Inigo Montoya. Yes. <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> you know, he's been his, his whole his entire whole life, life yeah. as a little boy decided he was going to avenge his father's death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And imagine these if these 10 sons had been left. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of power that would have held. Kind of interesting that they didn't try and escape Sousa after their dad was impaled. They um, might have tried, but they couldn't do yeah. it. Or maybe they thought this will pass. Or yeah. Oh, I we're see powerful what you're saying. Enough. Yeah, there were yeah, nine. We're months. powerful enough. Maybe that we're powerful enough. Yeah, we'll be fine. We're Haman's sons. Yeah. What are people going to do to us? Well, they're going to do exactly what they did to him. Yeah. Good point. That's a six months difference, at least, yeah. between Haman being killed and, and then, then his sons, his mm-hmm. sons being yeah. killed. But that's a good point. It was just an interesting. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if my dad had been cast out by the king and hung on a gallows. I I don't know that I would have hung around. Where would they go? Oh, that's a good good question. point. So, yeah. It's 127 yeah, provinces <laughs> yeah. to run here. Yeah. Good point. Well, no, well no. Dad's estate's been given to Esther. Yep. As soon as he was killed, Esther got it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe they thought they weren't a threat, a threat anymore because everything's been taken from them that no one would even consider looking at them. them. Or again, where are they going to go? Yeah. Well, yeah, because the whole kingdom, the whole province Mm -hmm. is under Xerxes, so pretty big landmass, yeah. Well, and we talked about that a little bit at the beginning, like where would the Jews go? You know, Mm -hmm. I said I'd I'd tail it out of there. Like my tent's gone in the morning. But where would they go? But where would you go? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Culturally very different. This happened before Nehemiah, right? Yes, because we think Esther was the queen with Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. Or maybe during the time of Nehemiah. Well, a few generations on the front side, I think, right? The back side. I think it's the front. I think it's potentially the the queen was... Esther, Esther, potentially. potentially. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. But when they look at all the, the kings and the different names of the kings... It's hard for them to distinguish sometimes one from the other. Right, right. because sometimes kings like Xerxes is a title. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
over a name. Yeah. Very interesting. The, well, my reason for saying that is Jerusalem would have been a part of this then. It was part of the provinces of Persia. It was part of the control of Persia. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's right. It was. Like, this was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jerusalem was in ruins, so it's not like the Jews could have returned to Jerusalem necessarily. It's a city in ruins. No wall. Right, yeah. We're, yeah, I mean, because I mean, Nehemiah no. wouldn't have happened before this. Before this, then. Because right. there's no way that Xerxes would have let the Jews go. Go back to Jerusalem. Right. Yeah. Actually, Haman wouldn't have let, the, let that happen. Mm-hmm. It is quite a lot of people that are killed, though. So we've got... What Susa, but like 75,000 in the remaining provinces. Yeah. So I have a note in my cultural reference study Bible Mm -hmm. um, that says the total number of dead, which is 75,000, is extremely large. By comparison, the number of Persian males in the empire's army was reported to be 120,000 people, men. Um, Native Persians were supposedly the ones that were the bulk of the army. So... Only 120,000 men in the army and 75,000. I mean, this is equivalent to more than half the Persian army. Mm-hmm. Except they weren't necessarily going after the army. No, no, no. But oh, oh, by comparison, so numbers, yeah, right? yeah. numbers, I mean, that would wipe out more than half of the army. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a mm-hmm. lot of people. And no, they weren't always... Wasn't necessarily the army that they were going after, but in fact, we know that um, from the scripture here that the nobles of the provinces, the satraps, the governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews mm-hmm. defend themselves. So there could very well have been some army people that were working on the side of the Jews as well, mm-hmm. right? They would have been under the command of those leaders, right? Those nobles and princes and satraps. Mm-hmm. But there were so many that were killed. That it was huge. It had to have been number. felt in the kingdom, yeah. And and maybe Xerxes was a little nervous about that. That's a lot of your people to lose in one fell swipe. What does that do to your economy? To it's men, yeah. But they yes. were men, not the women, not the babies, not yeah. the children. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So here's another note, also from the cultural. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Cultural background study Bible. I'm sorry, but the entire population of the Persian Empire. Um, is now estimated by modern scholars to be 50 million people. So it is 75,000 men that have been wiped out, but this is in an empire of 50 million people. Okay, all right, so not that. At the time it was estimated to be 50 million? The entire population of the Persian Empire in this era has been estimated by modern scholars at 50 million people. So it's not that so then that's not that. Yeah. Percentage-wise, percentage it's not right. that. Percentage-wise, it isn't. Yeah. If you're yeah. the one of the 75, it's, 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 it's a, big a big deal. Yeah. It is. <laughs> but yeah. then just knowing that their entire army consisted of roughly 120,000 men, like that's a large proportion of those able-bodied people mm-hmm. that would yeah. be wiped out. Except they weren't necessarily going after the army. The, the, the army. She's just using that as a just for yeah. that way. Okay. Yeah. 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 So they were probably going after um, the Amalekites, like different, 
different people. I don't think they were going That's after it. any particular yeah. person. Yeah. They were defending themselves against whoever would come to, against them. Right. So it would have been able-bodied mm-hmm. people, able-bodied men mm-hmm. that would have gone against the Jews the that Jews. they had to defend themselves And I for. think it says... Absolutely. Even though the other edict had been issued, there were still plenty of Persians who were willing to still wanted to kill the Jews. Mm -hmm. So, because everything that we've read here says the Jews were doing defensive work, that they were not provoking or aggressive. Um, So they were still being attacked. Yep. Um, That's really speaks volumes of the hatred. Mm-hmm. I think towards so the Jewish people, knowing that they have been told, knowing the turn of events, mm-hmm. knowing that now they can defend themselves, and knowing that they've got some people in authority that are on their side, and yet you still are determined to go yeah. and annihilate them. Right. That's a big deal. It is diabolical. A big deal. Diabolical. Yeah. That's some serious. But you know, we just finished the Christmas season with all our talk about the Jesse. Str- tree um you know this is pre-jesus of course the enemy would want to destroy Mm -hmm. the jewish people because that would stop jesus from coming back so we shouldn't be surprised it's just another story in the word that tells us how the enemy tried to halt god's plans Mm -hmm. it's a really good point Rosemary, your wheels are turning. I can see I know, your face. They are, and I get look on her face. I have a, a bunch of thoughts going on. We're so, so sorry, you guys. We wish you could see your face too. No. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want to see it. There's no makeup, girls. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just uh, so there's this this kind of this big meta I'm gonna call it meta analysis, but just look at the big picture is kind of and I don't have a full thought on it right now, but if God would have, like my thing is if people would have said, um, God will say, you can defend yourself, that's one thing. But I, I have this feeling that it was like, it's not just defend yourself, it's like you will take out the enemy. And so I need to just see if that picture is correct that way. Because if I was an enemy of the Jews... And I realized that they could defend themselves now on this day alone. Mm-hmm. I would have waited for tomorrow, right? I would have sat back. Mm-hmm. I can still be a hater of the Jews, mm-hmm. right? And you can't get to me. But I think they were given license to, to wipe, like wipe or take that out, take out their enemies that would have attacked them. I can, I can totally be reading this wrong. The Jews were given license to take out their enemies. Right. The people who would have attacked them, they were given license to take them out. Well, so that there's a fine line there. Right. Did they just know that that particular group of people might be aggressive toward them and might be attacking them, and did they have any um, forward action before that, or was it purely just defensive that once they were attacked, they could respond? Right. Here's the thing. If I was in that other group, the enemies group versus the Jews, let's mm-hmm. just to yeah, clarify that, I would have might have done it the day before. 
Well, but there were there were laws in place. I mean, it okay. wasn't a, it, it it was a culture with with some laws. It wasn't okay. anarchy there, and so there would have been consequences. You couldn't just go up to somebody and kill them for no reason, um, okay. just because you hated them. Um, they had been given license by Haman's edict to do that right. on a specific, on a specific day. day, but that okay. didn't mean they could do it any other time. Okay, and so if they did, there would have been some consequence. Okay, so why would it be smart for the enemies? Well, maybe the enemies thought that they could win. So they would still attack the Jews. Well, just a free day. This is a free day. You can go right. kill your enemies. It's no consequences. Like the purge. <laughs> it is kind of like the purge. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hmm, okay. But on a normal, any other day, they didn't have that kind of freedom. Okay, got it. Autonomy. So this would have been the day they had to attack. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of almost an aside. That thank you for helping me clarify that. But the part about this is I'm I'm looking at this like if we're trying to eradicate sin. I'm seeing the enemies as a, as a symbol of sin, mm-hmm. and so when we are in a a place where we're being attacked by something that's sinful, let's say it's um, the TV, we can't turn the TV off, we can't turn the TV off. My way to defend would be, okay, I'm just going to turn the TV off and I won't do it. But it sounds to me like God's way is like, oh no, it's going to be turn the TV off, go put it in the garage or give it away. It's not good for you, period. It's eradicated. It just, it was like that. There's an extra step that I would not have thought of and the, the, the reason it's super important to me is just, and just as I'm looking at my life, is like, yeah, you know what? We don't play. We don't play. If something is wrong, is if it's trying to kill you, which sin does, mm-hmm. then you know what? Get rid of it, annihilate, destroy, and kill it. Don't let it exist in the same place with you. Don't let it play with you. Anyway, that's what's going on for me, and that's what happened when my brain just went. Err, yeah, what's going that's on? That's a good. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to look at it because it, sin is a kind of a insidious. Is that the right yes. word? It just sort of creeps in a little bit. So, yeah, let's say we'll use that TV example. Um, if your TV is still sitting there, right, it might be easy enough to say, "Oh, well, I'll just watch the news tonight." I mean, just some little, or oh, it's you know, there's something happened in my town, and I just want to. Right. Get the information on that, so I'll turn that on to see that. If you put the TV in the garage, you can still go in the garage and get yeah, it and bring it back in the house. So it's a step removed, but it's still available. Mm-hmm. You could still indulge yourself. But if you give that TV away, then you have no access to it any longer, and you're less apt mm-hmm. to fall into that sin again. Now you could go buy a new one, but that would be a whole nother level of disobedience if God's told you not to do that, not to watch TV. It's unlikely that you would go buy another one. But sin just sort of slips its way into your life in such little subtle ways. Um, And God knows that about human nature, and He knows that about sin, that we are susceptible and that it can happen. And so sometimes the best way to guard yourself is to completely get something out of your life. So I look at that in the context of this story. Mm-hmm. God didn't just say, it's like, no, get it out completely. Yeah. If Esther needed another day for that, yeah, get it out completely. It out completely. Oh, and by the way, let's show everybody what the ultimate end of sin looks like. Let's put Haman's 10 sons up there so people can remember this is what the end result of sin. It just, I don't know, I started putting it in the in the context Ooh. of all of a sudden it happened, like like sin and... 
getting that out and you dealing know, with it and, and how God did that. I would have only defended if someone attacked me. But if you look through the Old Testament, and, and one of the issues that a lot of people have with the Old Testament is it seems that God was mean, mm-hmm. um, right. that he was cruel. Because time after time, when the Jews would come into, a, or the Israelites would come into a land that was already inhabited, God would say, you got to wipe them all out. you got to kill them all, mm-hmm. kill the women, the children, everybody. Well, the reason for that was, if you want to equate that to sin, that right. other religion, that false religion that was in those lands, it, it could so easily infect mm-hmm. um, the Israelites that had moved into that land. So God said, you got to get rid of all of it so that you're not tempted or it doesn't slide into your lives and infect you. So if Esther hadn't done this second day, mm-hmm. it would have still been an issue. It would have still been a problem, right? Yeah. That was... There must have been, yeah. that, that must have been a part of the reasoning. And then the holding back of not taking the plunder. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a part of me is like, well, the, the, the decree of plunder came from Haman. It didn't come from God. But Mordecai's response to that was, no, we won't take it. I'm believing it is from God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about that too, that holding back. Because the plunder wasn't the issue. It was the people who were causing the issue. Sorry, guys. I know I'm going all over the place a little bit, no, but I it just... No, but I'm thinking that he did give them permission to plunder. Yeah, that's what I wrote I'm just it down somewhere. Oh, I Mordecai did. Mordecai uh-huh. actually did give them permission. I think I wrote that down. Like, oh, why? Okay. Why did Mordecai and Esther give them permission to plunder? And then why didn't but then they? they didn't. Yeah. It uh, Yes, he did. Okay. So why he, didn't they? I'm sorry, go ahead. You can No, chapter uh, chapter 18 verse 11, 11 says the king's yeah. edict, which is the one that Mordecai wrote. 811. Yes, 811, I'm sorry. Granted the Jews in every city mm-hmm. the right to assemble and protect themselves, to destroy, kill and annihilate the armed men of any nationality or province who might attack them and their women and children and to plunder the property of their enemies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the All right, so they did but the they people could've. themselves chose, chose not, not to. to plunder. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <coughs> and like <coughs> across 127 provinces here, not just in Susa. Mm-hmm. And like that says to me that this was definitely a defense mode and not an offense. And not an offense. You know, because okay. if you're on offense, you're going to be like, yes, I can go and I can kill and I can annihilate and I can take, and your, I can stuff. take your stuff, <laughs> which, correct me if I'm wrong, but would include the women and children of the men who because they were, were killed, considered right? property at that time. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So they could have okay. taken their women and their mm-hmm. children and everyone, but they said, no, we're, we're not doing this because it was... A defense <coughs> mode instead of an offense mode. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. It. Okay. Does that help? Does that settle anything for you? You still have questions? No, I'm just. I'm willing to let it go. I'm willing to okay. let it kind of be there, and that's helpful. It's. It, it's. Uh, okay. So the, here's the thing. Then there's a line, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's like, so here's the other pieces I'm putting it with sin. It's like, we don't have to, like if we stop smoking, we don't have to just put the cigarettes away and do all that stuff, what we can do, and then become like, no, nobody can smoke around me. No, you can't. To me, that's taking plunder. Yeah. 
you're like crossing this line, you're still being aggressive. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this way of God's dealing with taking that sin out is you take it out, you settle it, you make sure it's done, and then that's enough. There's a point where you stop. I don't know if this makes any sense, but but all of a sudden it just was like um, part of what's going on in my brain. Well, let's think about how God deals with us when we sin, okay? We have to acknowledge what we've done, Mm -hmm. recognize that it's sin. We ask Him for forgiveness. Now we live under grace. Mm -hmm. So even knowing what I've done and knowing that it was wrong, I have to be willing to accept what I did, but I also have to be willing to accept the fact that God has forgiven me for it Mm -hmm. um, and move on, put it down. And move on. And that word, grace, Mm -hmm. is the difference. Because here, this was Mm pre-Jesus. This was um, a nation of rules. This was a time of rules. Mm -hmm. And God said, this is what it has to be, and this is why it has to be that way. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, when when they went into a land that had been promised to them, they took everything out because... That it had to be wiped clean clean. and started over again. Mm -hmm. When Jesus came, Mm -hmm. he wiped clean and started everything over again. And now we don't have to, we are not the ones responsible for the wiping clean and starting over again. Mm -hmm. That's Jesus' job. That's Jesus' job. Yeah. Yeah. And he has given us the Holy Spirit so that right now we can be convicted. Mm-hmm. of watching TV or of smoking or of throwing quinoa on the floor for the dog to clean up, <laughs> yes. you know, mm-hmm. um, because we're not responsible for that annihilation anymore. When Jesus came and hung on the cross, he annihilated he finished all of it. that. And he finished the job yeah. so that now we're responsible for us mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit is has been given to us to help guide us through that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I know I like took us on this big Ooh. rabbit trail, but it kind of seemed important just all yeah, of a sudden to get that, that picture good. of it and the picture of sin. Yeah. And and to be clear with everyone, we're not saying the people. It's the culture is what the culture believed. It's it was their actions and things like that. We're not saying. Well, I think you've drawn a a parallel. You've taken a situation with um, the Persians and mm-hmm. and the way they lived and their um, their laws if you will and the way they operated and you've just drawn a you've drawn a comparison to what we deal with in our life with mm-hmm. sin mm-hmm. I think you've you've made yeah. a good um, you've used a good analogy there absolutely so, yeah and sometimes we are called to annihilate the sin we we definitely not sometimes but we are called to annihilate the sin in our lives mm-hmm. but it looks different than total and complete domination and annihilation like of this culture that they were out mm-hmm. to get rid of um, because we have the holy spirit and because jesus went before us mm-hmm. and when yeah. we die and when the time, the appointed time comes and we are standing at the throne of God, we will be clothed in Jesus. That's right. That's true. So, so that's who he sees. Yes. And the work that he sees, he sees in Jesus. He's not looking at the, any sin you've committed because that's all been washed away. Mm-hmm. I think that's the difference between why 
this is so, and so much of the Old Testament is brutal. Mm-hmm. It's really brutal is. Yeah. because God was insistent that He was going to carry on, and His people mm-hmm. and His legacy would carry on, and it could not be contaminated mm-hmm. by the other cultures who prayed to cows yeah. and idols and all kinds of crazy, ugly things that happened that were not his way. And those things had to be taken out. Mm -hmm. But again, those were all washed and annihilated when Jesus hung on the cross for us. Mm -hmm. I do love that, you know, while God had those things instituted, those requirements and restrictions, you know, there are people in the line of Jesus who were grafted in just like we're grafted in. Mm -hmm. So God wasn't looking, you know, to exclude any person he was looking to exclude um, belief and behavior. So he wanted a people who believed in him and who were willing to be set apart and to look a little different, um, to identify with him. So it doesn't matter where you're from or you know, who you were. Once you come to Jesus, you are in him. Yeah, that's helpful. So, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Took us all over. I, I so um I mean I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I do too. Right. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. Well, does somebody want to pray for us? I mean, I feel like that's kind of a good way to a good way to, yeah. to wrap up this little bit here. Okay. Um I'll right. pray for us if you want me okay. to. Okay. Sure. Father God, um, thank you, Lord, for for being present, for being present in the many ways that you show yourself, um, for showing yourself to Esther and Mordecai um, and allowing your work to happen through King Xerxes, God, um, and just for continuing your line um, that led to Jesus who just hung on the cross for us, for me, um, who annihilated all the sin and all the... Um, poor choices that we make, Lord, and um, that we can be clothed in in your love and in your light, God. And I just pray that we would walk in that, that we would remember that, Lord, and that we would um, see people, God, the way that you see them, and that we would um, speak to people, Lord, in a way that would be reflective of you as well, God. I thank you for the opportunity to sit around this table with these women, God, um, and just for revealing yourself in um, ways that we didn't expect through discussions that we um, weren't anticipating, God. And I just um, I thank you again for just showing us your love over and over and over again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>